pretend he's mightier than the sword. My tagline is your voice heard through the written word. That is what I love to provide for my clients, content writing, blog writing, and other social media or marketing initiatives they need in the written word to promote what makes them better and different from others in their profession. Creating a robust narrative that fully captures their why has everything to do with the content that promotes their brand image and area of expertise. From pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network, it's the Communication Commandments, a presentation of Boston Edits. Now here's your host, Kim Calvi. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to this segment of Communication Commandments. Joining us today, we have another great guest, Mr. Dominic Gru of Elevate Business Coaching. And today he's going to spend time sharing with us what his business is known for and also how that service benefits its clients and what makes his subject matter expertise elevated beyond others in the business coaching field. So let's launch right into it. Dominic, I'm so glad you could join us today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Kim, for having me on. So now you and I have talked before, but please give our listeners a little bit of your background and how you arrived at developing this apparent niche area. Like, for example, how did your vision or aha moment of Elevate Business Coaching crystallize? Yeah, Kim, happy to. You know, I'll start by saying it's a journey. And sure, I'm the founder and owner of Elevate Business Coaching today, and we offer coaching training and facilitations for professional service firms, primarily law firms. Mm-hmm. But really, when I think back on my career, and it, it spans over 25 years, uh, really what I've done and mastered in my career is the skill of actually managing and mm-hmm. growing businesses. And my journey began back in Belfast, Northern Ireland, over 25 years ago. I, I worked in the financial services industry. And my roles were really around operating, managing, and growing a financial services firm nationally. Then when I moved to the States, I did, I found myself ending up in the same type of role for an investment management firm, where really my, my skill was helping the, helping the organization uh, run and operate like a well-oiled machine and also grow as well. And those are really the two skill sets that I bring to my clients today. And it's interesting because, you know, my background hasn't been in law. I, I, I didn't go to law school, but one of the things that I, that I realized when I, when I started my own firm was that. I started bumping into lawyers. One of the things that I realized was while they were experts in the law, when they go to law school, they're not really taught how to grow a business and then how to manage a business. And really, those are the skill sets that I bring to my clients. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I I can see how you would, having those conversations with attorneys, and they're obviously talking about their practice area. But then, of course, where you're coming from, so with those skills, the conversations you have to lawyers, I'm sure their aha moment would be, wait a minute, that's right. I'm very good at practicing law, but I don't really know how to correctly grow my practice in a way that I'm able to grow the revenue mm-hmm. year over year and and sustain my practice and develop it you know, with that with that 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 built in infrastructure. So but you mentioned obviously we're talking about lawyers, but who specifically are your ideal clients? For me, Kim, I find that my ideal clients are lawyers, and they're typically folks that are in their 30s and 40s. Uh, they have kids. Mm-hmm. They have maybe worked in a in a law firm, and they're thinking about their futures. They're thinking about their future in terms of whether they, you know, want to stay at the firm that they're at, or maybe they want to, uh, you know, do things on their own terms. They're thinking about maybe branching out in their own 
maybe by themselves or with somebody else, but they typically folks in their thirties and forties, they're driven, you know, they're, 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 they, they are excellent practitioners, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they have some concerns about, about the future, what they want to be, and they don't want their success in their career or their practice area to be at the expense of, of family life, I guess is probably the easiest way to say it, right? They're, they're, they're looking for career success, but they want to balance it as well with everything else that they have going on in their lives. I, yeah, I could see that that makes sense. I mean, you're working with people who've been practicing law for 10 years. So by then their career has gotten some traction, right? Mm-hmm. And they probably yeah. are starting to feel really confident in their practice area. And okay, the, the, the days of working 80 hours a week, that may start to subside. And out of necessity, because like you said, they have younger families. So I can see where they're, they're kind of at a crossroads at that point, right? They're, they're hungry, but not at the expense of everything else. That's right. That's right. And sometimes you know, people ask me, do I work with startups? And my initial question was, well, no, I don't. But I actually find that I do. I, just like you said, the folks that I'm working with, they're already established in their careers. They've, you know, 10 years of professional experience under their belt. So they're by no means, you know, newbies at mm-hmm. their craft. In fact, they're, they're you know, they're excellent at, at, at what they do. But sometimes the skill set that they're going to need for mm-hmm. that next stage mm-hmm. is really what I'm going to work with them on. In fact, I have one firm at the moment where I have two clients, both established, both both left larger firms. And then they came together to start up their own firm. So I'm, I'm working with them, not only on that whole business management and business growth aspect, mm-hmm. but also trying to get the two of them to work together to make sure that they're on the same page about what they want from this business that they've created. Yeah, I could see where, yeah, it's one thing to talk to somebody who's going to open up their own shop, so to speak. But sure, when you've got a partnership like that, for it to be a well-oiled machine and for both of them to maximize the revenue that they hope to generate, right? You've got to sit down mm-hmm. with them and say, okay, guys, you know, we've got to look at some, or ladies, you know, we've got to look at some m- metrics here that's going to help you grow and everybody has to buy into this process, right? That's, yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. It's all it's all unfamiliar territory. And Kim, you know, one of the, the reasons why I love working with, with lawyers mm-hmm. is that they are one of those professions where, it's tough for them to seek an outside perspective on a, or advice. Think of it when, mm-hmm. when, when, when we have our, our most difficult challenges, very often we're going to seek about a lawyer. So in some ways they're positioned as being experts at always knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. And so really I'm, I'm, I'm helping them uh, with those aspects of, of, of what they do that might be a little bit unfamiliar, might be a little bit uncomfortable, the areas where they're not expert. And that is in the area of their own. <laughs> Ironically, their own business, their own practice. Well, sure, especially if they're if they were at a l- larger firm and now they're branching out. Mm-hmm. You know, when they were at a larger firm, there was HR, somebody doing the the four hundred one k planning, that kind of thing. They never had to think about that, and now that is something that they have to build into their day. Right? They're mm-hmm. not just looking at billable hours and practicing law. They have to worry about that infrastructure, and if they want to grow their practice, you know, they they want to bring on other associates, and they they want they need the support staff. They've got to make it attractive, but in order for it to be attractive, and like you said, a well-oiled machine, there's got to be a, a solid plan in place, right? Not just immediately what you what you explain to them, but also get them to see the the thirty thousand foot view, also, and that's where your expertise comes in because they that's not something that they can that they really they can hypothesize, but you you can actually say this is how you need to do it from a concrete plan, right? Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes having somebody from the outside that you can talk through 
your challenges with is, is really helpful. And the reality is, Kim, most of the things that I'm, I'm talking with my clients about, I see them come up with other firms as well. And I've been able to successfully help them navigate what those challenges are. Now, every, every lawyer and every firm is different. So the approach that I take is really personalized. I'm mm. thinking about like what their biggest challenges are. Mm. Having said that, I would say that in general, lawyers are really stretched because so much is expected of them, especially when mm-hmm. they when they leave that larger environment where maybe where maybe they've had that support. You know, they have to they have to find their clients. They got to service their clients. They got to represent their clients. They 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 got to do all the other stuff as well that goes on with managing a business, like in, like making sure that you have systems in place that you mm-hmm. know, your employees are getting paid. So much they have so much to do, and in many ways, that's their biggest challenge. Is, is managing their time so they're making the most effective use of that valuable resource as they can. They've hit their stride in their career in practicing law, but then they decide they want to open up their own law firm. And, you know, th- this is one of those things that everybody takes for granted, you know, mm-hmm. setting it up. You need the IT infrastructure, you know, the computer system rolling up to the cloud. You know, obviously, you know, hiring quality people to support that, planning for benefits, who's going to be the office manager, who's going to do the interviewing. What about the marketing? What about the networking? They have to build that into their day as well. I mean, like like I work, I know I work with some attorneys that they're in court all of the time. So for them to do their marketing, their networking, they're up at 536 in the morning, going to early morning networking meetings. So I'm sure that's something that you must have to itemize and talk to your clients about. And just say, look, you've got to factor in all of these ways that you're going, you're going to have to spend your time. You're going to have to carve out that time, I would think, right? Because they might yeah, have well, kind of a nebulous concept of it, but the stark reality is something different, right? Yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right, Kim. In fact, as you started to recite off all those things there that they had to do, I almost felt myself getting over, over, around, but, <laughs> but it's true. And, and you know, I, I've had this in my own career, and as I mentioned, I'm not a lawyer. But there, there comes a point in your career where, you know, you're good at what you do and mm-hmm. maybe you get promoted or you, you build a really strong, robust client base. But at some point you begin to find that you kind of max out. There's a cap mm-hmm. on, on what you personally can do because you only have so much time. The other thing, Kim, is you only have so much energy. Mm-hmm. So, so, so really uh, two things there. We need to become experts at how we manage our time okay. and our energy. And mm-hmm. then the other part of it is, how do we get more leverage? Mm-hmm. How do we get more by leveraging other people? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like, how do we recruit? How do, how do, how do we, uh, we can only grow so much ourselves, our, our, our businesses. There comes a point where you need to think about, you know, f- in order for me to grow this, this firm, this practice area more, you need to start thinking about, about adding resources. And by that, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean talent and attracting mm-hmm. that so that you don't have to be doing everything because it becomes exhausting. And I would think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that when you have an initial discovery meeting, if you will, with a with a potential client or a, a new client, and you sit down with them and you basically go through everything that they want on their wish list, where they see themselves going, and then you reply back with, okay, that's all very well and good, but here are the steps you need to take. Here's the planning. Here's what you're going to need. Here's the startup costs or, or whatever those particulars mm-hmm. are. I would think that probably... That's that's the initial conversation and they buy into it and everybody's everybody's on board, especially if you're dealing with two attorneys who have merged together, right, to start a practice. What are some of those challenges that these attorneys bring to the table? Yeah, well, just by, just by virtue of, of, of the profession, right, and every, everybody is different, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, attorneys tend to be, not surprisingly, very detail-oriented. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which means, and for those that this may not be a surprise to some that are listening here, they can also be kind of skeptical, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, they're paid as critical thinkers. They're paid to find the hole in, in an argument. They're paid mm-hmm. to be skeptical, right? Mm-hmm. Good so point. It, yeah, so so it's interesting, but... But again, their role is is broader than just being that 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 attorney, that that expert in the law. Now their role is broader than that. It's about running mm-hmm. a business, right? So mm-hmm. I work with them to think differently about aspects of, of of what they do. To think a bit more from a business perspective, mm-hmm. right? You've probably heard people say, you know, uh, you know, it's not always about being right, about being argumentative. Right. Sometimes you got to look back at a situation and say, how do I influence this in, in a way where I get what I want and others get? And together, we all do better. So mm-hmm. I'm really encouraging them to think in a different way and to act in a different way as well. And you, you mentioned there about like the discovery phase, like when I first start talking with a client to see what, the, what their challenge is. We actually spend a lot of time. Think of it mm. just just like a doctor. When you when you go to a doctor and you describe you've you've, you've got a problem, the mm. doctor is going to ask you a lot of questions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sets back yeah. like, how long have you had this pain? Uh, is it sporadic? You know, what's the extent of it? And it's kind of similar in my conversations as well. I, I really want to spend time finding out what it is that they want to change about their situation, and that's mm-hmm. always time well spent because. You know, my clients engage me when they really have something that they want to fix. And, and that may sound obvious, Kim, <laughs> but there's a reason why we're, why, why I'm having a discovery conversation. Usually they have a challenge. It's like having a stone in their shoe. <laughs> it's yeah, not going, I, yeah, yeah. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. They haven't been able to, to resolve it mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. Uh, to their satisfaction. Uh, and really what I'm trying to do is, is figure what, out a way that that I can I can help move them along with that mm-hmm. uh, and, and bring value to them in a way that they haven't been able to 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 resolve I guess to their satisfaction so far. So it sounds like it, you when you had these com- initial conversations with them, you you spend some time drilling down, like well, yes. but they want they want to grow, they want to be better at X. And so in order to make sure that happens, you almost have to exercise whatever that pain point is, address it, deal with it, put in a new process. Obviously, it starts with creative thinking and a new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the results will take time. It's like yeah. planting seeds, right? You water it, the sun shines the whole bit, and then it grows. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because because what I've found is my class, their, their challenges kind of fall into three or four buckets, right? Mm. There are those who, who want to grow their business. It's it's about, you know, getting more revenue in their business. Maybe it's about making more profit. And so I'll have a conversation about what that looks like for them. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to grow? How much do you want to grow? And how, how would that change things? So so the growth part of the business is one thing. Another bucket, again, that I work with my clients is, is around how they use their time. Often it's it's about they are consumed with with. By their work, and that, again, going back to mm-hmm. to diagnosing, that can be for a number of reasons, well, so such we, as, well, an ability to delegate. Mm-hmm. It could be their business model. You know, it could be an ability to prioritize what's truly important and being done in the weeds. All that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, not having enough people is, is another afraid to, to hire people. There's all sorts of reasons as, as to that's why a popular they, one these days. Yeah, you have more. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm doing a lot of work with clients on on, on you know what they need to do uh, mm-hmm. to attract people so that they're not burdened 
and, 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 and burning out that like so many are. And then the third bucket is around people. The, the issues with their, either their partners or, or their team, if you like, uh, how can they work more effectively? How they, how can they communicate more effectively so that they're, you know, they get more done and it's, it, it's easier. So, so, so much comes down to communication. That makes sense. I mean, I remember long, long time ago, one of the gentlemen that I first started working with, I mean, this is going back a real long time. He said to me, point blank, he said, Kim, anything in business, it's all about people. It's all about communication. It doesn't matter if it's finance, doesn't matter if it's IT, yeah. doesn't matter if it's medicine. And I, that, that stuck with me because that's true. Yeah. And I can see where if your clients are partners, you're dealing with a set of partners and one is holding back what they want or what they see or whatever they deem might be a, a problem down the road. If they don't voice that, yeah. it is going to create resentment, number one, between partners at some point. And then obviously it's going to escalate into a, a financial issue down yeah. the road one way or another. Right. Yeah, no, it, it, it's so funny. You know, one of the things that I learned as, as well, Kim, you know, not having worked at a law firm, not having been to law school, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that was kind of surprising to me was that, and this is counterintuitive, I assume that because, you know, I thought of attorneys as, as people who were experts, you know, in the courtroom that, that they could hold the attention of, of, of a jury. Mm -hmm. So, but actually what I found was when it, when it came down to their own, their own business, having some of these internal conversations very often it's really difficult for them. Oh, you sure. You, you wouldn't necessarily yeah. think that way. Mm -hmm. uh, so the internal conversations and communication doesn't come, it doesn't come naturally or easily for lawyers. And also uh, the, the thing of, of going out and building your business, mm -hmm. networking, it doesn't come, it doesn't come easily to many lawyers as well. Uh, again, at law school, they're taught how to be experts in the law, but they're not taught to think about how they might grow their own practice. Right. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Sure. I mean, some of them might be really, I know a couple of attorneys who'd much rather be in a courtroom than in a dentist chair, for instance, mm -hmm. right? They're, they have yeah. no problem dazzling a jury or, yeah. you know, even, even going to battle with the judge, but then having the uncomfortable conversation with an employee who's not up to standard. They really, they agonize over that. Oh, I've got to let this person go. And I don't want to do that. And it's like, well, they are part of the problem. They're creating problems for you. So you know, you, yeah, I can see why you again have to come in and identify that and, and get them out of their, get them, get them out of their own way. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, exactly. To, so that they can and, do that. And, you know, Kim, w one of the other things um, specifically when, when I think about law firms and how they're different to the world that, that I grew up in, uh, mm -hmm. in financial services, in financial services, there's a lot of infrastructure that's around. Yeah. You. For compliance reasons. Right. Yeah. And, and there's oversight of employees and reporting and performance review and all that sort of stuff. But the average law firm, there's not a whole lot of, of human resource people around to help <laughs> with the day to day. They probably have no, you know, operating or chief operating officer because they just, with their structure, it's a much flatter. So, so really they're in this environment where again, it can be, it's, it's, it's contention, right? So the law profession by itself is quite contentious and all that builds a stress level. Mm -hmm. as well. So, so mm -hmm. what I find is, is some of the best conversations that I've had with my clients have been around these issues. They find such relief from just having someone that they can bounce ideas off, you know, ask mm -hmm. for perspective on and kind of someone who's going to walk that journey with them, mm -hmm. but not necessarily tell them what to do, right? Either, sure. But bring some insight to them. I find that's worked really well with my clients. I think that that would be a value add too. You know, you meet, you meet an attorney who 
they realize that there are some challenges, right? Look, let's say you, you let's say a client of yours already has an established practice, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to maximize their growth, you know, year over year plan, let's yeah. say. Okay. And they there are a couple of partners in in the firm and it's still a small boutique firm. And they they need to talk to you because you, you are unbiased, right? You're not there yeah. every day in the trenches. So they can say something to you. And it's almost like they just have to get it off their chest. They just have to say it out loud in, in the presence of you know somebody to witness it. Yeah. Um, and then, but then the value add is that you can say, okay, I heard you, I understand. And here, here are some ideas that would work for you to get you the results that you want. You know, I, I have a call with, with a client later this morning. And last week he said to me, I love, I love the law. I wish, I wish the folks in my organization loved it as much as I do. He said, I love the law, but managing the business and managing people, I don't love that at all. And it was really interesting because we had a, we had a conversation about, uh, you know, what, what exactly it was. And part of it was conflict. Part of it was he felt he had to babysit others. But we had a pretty good conversation where, again, he, at, by the end of it, Kimmy kind of said, you know, not everything's bad. I've got a lot here that's good mm. and that's right. And so we were able just to focus on some practical tips about mm. how, how do we get him that extra 10 yards that feels like it's, you know, hundred yards, but how do we focus just on that? Because he actually, he's done a lot, right? So then something, so that a conversation like that, so to break it down into, you know, mm-hmm. in, into increments that somebody can digest, right? Yeah. I would think then you, okay, it, it's, it's, it's not a hundred steps, it's little baby steps. And, and then, then mm-hmm. it helps them to focus on, like yeah. you said, what is, what is good yeah. that is, is going on around them mm-hmm. that they can appreciate and build on that. Yeah. Yeah, because again, so, sometimes there's a tendency to focus on the negative and mm-hmm, the negative sure. plays in your head again and again and again, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't actually advance you. You know, it's it's only by taking real stock of, okay, well, not everything's bad, but here's the areas we need to fix. Let's just get started. Let's, let's even start by writing them down. And then together, mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. plan a strategy to to knock them off bit, bit by bit to get the, okay. that extra bit you need. So I've got a question for you. You mentioned before that attorneys come across sometimes as, as very skeptical, right? Because they are trained to be critical thinkers. When you have an initial conversation with a prospect, let's say an attorney who is a prospect, what's an example of a couple of the questions that you ask, you know, apart from, well, why are you, why are you calling? Yeah. What, bring, what brings us together today? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll ask them what their most pressing challenges are. And again, mm-hmm. you know, because I want them to, to think and get them on out of their head, mm-hmm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And said, so they've actually been verbalized. So what are, what are mm-hmm. the biggest challenges? If there were two or three things that they needed to fix that are most urgent, again, we don't okay. fix things unless they're important, unless it is a stone or a, in your shoe or a thorn in your side. So what are those? So number one is I'll get them to identify their pain points. Okay. The other part of that came then is, okay, now that we've identified, what would it look like if you mm-hmm. could fix those? If you could, we have a magic wand and fix those, what would, what would the situation look like then? Mm. And so we're, I'm beginning to get them to express and articulate what they actually want and mm-hmm. what that would mean mm-hmm. for them if they were able to fix it. And we start with that. That's good. Okay. So, so the conversation, the initial conversation, you ask them what's bothering them, right? And then you, you, you advance them to the finish line, basically, yeah. so yeah. That, that it's like, okay, so this is where we're starting. This is where you want to end. So now we have all this work in the middle we have to do so yeah. that it's not so that the, the coaching that you offer obviously has a, a finish line and 
And by that, I mean, reach their goal and their goal could be something that changes year over year. But in the meantime, there's work to be done. And so there's a path versus yeah. just, okay, well, let's try this. And it's not a nebulous thing. Yeah, that, that's a great word that you use there, nebulous, because I often find that, Kim, that people are like, yeah, yeah, I, I know, but like, show me, make it tangible. And in that discovery conversation, that's really what I'm getting them to do is mm-hmm. to make, make it tangible what it is that they want. So for example, sometimes I'll, somebody will say, you know, I'm not really make, I'm not having the success in my practice or my, in, in, in my business that I'd like. Okay. But that's quite mm-hmm. common. So I say, well, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. And why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's, you know, the old thing of comparing where you are in life with your peers. Well, the people I went to law school, they're killing it. They're doing X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. right? That's the motivator. Mm-hmm. If you like, mm-hmm. uh, again, I don't judge them on that, but I ask, well, if you were able to fix that, what would that really, what would that really do for you? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you made more money or you were able to grow your business by 15% a year. Etc. But it, you're right. You I mentioned bet their eyes that, get big when you say when you say that too. Yes, you know I, I emphasize that with money because it's 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 not all about hey I want to make more money. That's huh. right. Imagine imagine if if you were working with somebody where you said you know you could live the lifestyle, make the income that you want, but maybe do it with with less frustration. Yeah. Or 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 or, or with less uh, having to work as much as you are right now, or with a little bit more energy because you're drained the way you're doing things right now. So, so, you know, having those discussions around what that looks like, what, what would it mean to them? What would the impact be if they were able to do that? Yeah. And then how would you measure it? Because you don't want it to be nebulous. You want it to be really clear how you're going to get there and what needs to happen, what changes they yep. need to make on the steps towards where they want to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that makes sense because if they want, if they want a certain outcome, you can put on paper, okay, well, these are the things you need to change, whether it's you know, de- better time management or delegating certain tasks. Okay. Those are habits that they yeah. have to develop, right? It's, it's not, it's not just a one-time thing. So they mm. do have to re they have to adapt their thinking yeah. and then execute it. I mean, it really yeah. starts with that. Yeah, no, no, no totally. And, 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 you know, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about another situation that I have with a client right now where we're talking about, you know, how they can bring in more business. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I said to them, have you ever thought about adding to your practice instead of having to just go out and sell more? I yeah. bet there are people, attorneys that are out there that are looking to gradually wind down their practice. And if you were able to establish a plan around going out and finding who they are and, you know, having some conversations, one or two of those could, mm-hmm. could totally change your business without having to go and, you know, overhaul. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, so, so, so then we set a plan around that. Well, if you were to look for a practice, what would it look like? What would you be looking for? How would, how would it complement what you, what you have? And how would, how would that propel your business forward in a way that's different to what you're currently doing? So it opens up, it opens up their, 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 their mind and perspective to there may be other ways to do this. Mm, sure. Yeah. Without just necessarily having to pound the pavement and get yes. more business, bring yes. somebody else exactly. in who can contribute to the bottom line, I suppose. Right. So it's a win-win for everybody. That's right. And, and again, you know, when you, when you expand your practice like that, there are, uh, there are, it's not just a matter of, you know, doing the deal, like how would mm-hmm. that work? How would that person fit in at yeah. the firm? Right. You know, how, how does that work in practice, given that you're putting together a, a different organization and br- bringing it in? How does that get mm-hmm. onboarded in a way 
mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that preserves what you wanted in the first place, which kind of brings me back to the thing of, of finding out, you know, h- how do you make it work and how do you make it operate? Which is really what I, the skill set I've had in my corporate career. How do you, how do you integrate and make it work? So that's a nice transferable skill and obviously your clients benefit from it. Absolutely. And it's not, it's not easy to do. So, I, you know, that's the, no. that's the value that, that, that I bring, you know, because mm-hmm. it's actually really difficult to do. Well, can sure, be because you're talking burned. about, you're talking about a lot of intangibles. I mean, it's one thing to, okay, somebody wants to go out on their own and they're going to need a new, you know, I, they're going to need a new IT setup, right? They're going to need yeah. new computers and, you know, the cloud and like things that we've already talked about. They're going to need support staff. Okay, fine. That's, that's, I don't want to minimize that, but that's a tangible thing. It's, it's everything else that you're talking about, getting them to, to realize, okay, they want their quality of life to change. They want something else to be better. They want some changes. They want to spend more time with their family. And it really does start with, okay, well, what's the pain point now? How do we fix that? And it really does depend on how invested they are with their time and, and their diligence and for what it's worth, their emotion too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, think about it. All these things are in limited supply. I, I personally, I only have so much time, mm. right? And I only have so much energy that I can devote. So why don't, why, why don't we, why don't we use those in the way where you're getting the best possible return that mm-hmm. you can on okay. that? And very often I think of that's, that's really what I do. I help them get what it is that they want or fix what's broken and do it faster and quicker than they probably would trying to figure it out by themselves. Very good. You were sure they need an outside side advisor and that's why they call you so if you don't mind could you could you please reiterate who your ideal client is i i, I my, yeah. my other question too is are you bound by geography not bound by geography at all okay so you could How would i say clients that? in the west coast yeah or hawaii even oh not so not so hot on hawaii not so not so not so hot on you know gmt either <laughs> uh, so so within the you know east coast to west coast yes and thanks for for raising that kim i really my ideal clients are, are lawyers Again, in their 30s or 40s, are successful in their practice already, mm-hmm. but who want more than, and that more can mean more time, not necessarily always more money, mm. but they, they want more and they're willing to engage an outside expert to help them on that journey and get them there. Okay, very good. Well, I'm so glad that you were here today to share that, all that information. That's All of it's incredibly valuable. And I think that once people hear this podcast, they're really going to it's going to resonate with people, give them ideas to to think about, even if they have a great practice, but they, they just want to refine some processes. Even, yes. Right. People can yes. call you for that. Absolutely. I'm always happy to take 15, 20 minutes and have a conversation, you know, with, with folks that, that, you know, meet, meet my, my description of the people I'm excited to work with, but yeah, always happy to have ideas and, and, and chat with folks. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Well, now how can our listeners find you? Really easy. ElevateBusinessCoaching.com or alternatively, if you want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, I believe I'm the only Dominic Grew and that's G-R-E-W on LinkedIn. So so you can, both of those ways work perfectly. Okay, very good. Well, Dominic, thank you very much for the privilege of your time today. I enjoyed our conversation. I I always learn a lot when I talk to my guests about what they do, what they bring to the table. It's always nice to sharing your enthusiasm for what you do. I think that, I, I think it's great, you know, and I agree with you. I mean, when you and I first met and you were explaining to me what you do and who you do it for, I thought, well, that's, that's genius because I honestly, I know a lot of lawyers, but I don't know anybody else like you. So uh, I sincerely hope that you, you know, you, your own practice will continue to grow. That's what I hope for you. And I hope that you'll come back and visit us again sometime. 
Yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to come out. You know, I always enjoy talking with you because likewise, I learn a lot from you as well, but appreciate the time to be here today and ha- happy to come back at a later time as well. Thank Glad you. to hear it. So uh, before we conclude, I'd like to thank my producer, David Yass, podfather extraordinaire of the Boston Podcast Network for making this show available on podcast outlets everywhere. I'm Kim Calvey, the host of Communication Commandments and owner of Boston Edits. You can find me by Googling Boston Edits, spelled just like it sounds. You can also call me at 972-800-2406. And I have a LinkedIn profile under my full name, Kimberly Calvey. My email address is kim at bostonedits.com. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. Dominic, again, great to have you here. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.